This is recording number 11017 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, October 21, 2012. This is the second message in a series titled, The Playlist. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, When You Feel Forsaken. ago, we began a new series of messages called The Playlist. I've had you, had you turn to the book of Psalms. These are songs. They were actually set to music. Uh, these were lyrics. You, what you have there are the lyrics to songs. Many of them, most of them, more than half of them, um, penned by, authored by, composed by, David. In the New Testament, the, many of these psalms are referred to over and over and over again. And I just, I was captivated by the thought of, of uh, David, who is known for, you know, slaying Goliath and being a great leader, the greatest king of Israel and all that stuff, as also being kind of a rock star. Someone whose music has endured and, and who, whose music is uh, even today influencing the songs of worship of the people of God. Whose uh, songs were used by New Testament believers uh, to um, help them reorient themselves when they found themselves, uh, you know, dealing with significant and serious issues and so I wanted to sort of, I felt like the Lord was leading us to explore this subject a bit, and that's why we're, we're here. This morning, we're going to be reading, as I said, Psalm 22, but before we do that, I want to read you just a couple of verses out of Matthew. You don't need to turn there unless you'd like, but Matthew chapter 27 is Matthew's account, a record of the crucifixion of Christ, Matthew 27. And many of you are familiar with the scene. I mean, it's horrific. It's a horrific scene. Jesus on the cross, having been beaten, the Bible says, beyond recognition as a man. And the, the torment of just the physical abuse that he suffered. And I, and I you know, enough said. I don't, I don't need to, to draw that picture any more clearly for you. Most of you have it in your mind, that, that, that image of Christ on the cross. And we also are familiar with the things that he said from the cross. Many of the things that he said. And this is one of them. Nearing the end, before, just before uh, he gave up his life for us. Nearing the end of his time on the cross. It says, now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, that would have been three o'clock in the afternoon. Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How many of you have ever heard that before in relation to Christ on the cross? Did you know he was singing? Jesus was singing. Not a happy song. 
but he was singing. From Psalm 22, there in that darkest moment. These are not words of courage, faith, or triumph, are they? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So why did he say them? Why was he singing these lyrics? Was it to fulfill prophecy? Because these, these Psalm 22 that we're going to read in just a few minutes is a prophetic psalm. It's David writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about the, about the crucifixion and, and in such vivid detail. It's just remarkable. But this would be Sort of a so is Jesus by saying this by quoting from David's prophetic psalm is he trying to validate his messiahship is he trying to fulfill prophecy because if he is it's kind of I mean I don't know you know I, I really don't know but it's kind of weird it's sort of self fulfillment of prophecy right if he was trying to prove himself as the messiah uh, by by saying something that was prophesied that the Messiah would say, what value, how much value is there in that? Because it, he's doing it. So I don't know about that. I think he is revealing something of the cost of salvation. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and look, I don't know how to explain this very well. I, I'm, I'm not a theologian. But I haven't ever found a theologian who could explain it well either. <laughs> but there's something of violence happening to the fabric of the Trinity. God who is, the Bible says, three persons, one in essence, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not three gods. Not one God manifested in three ways. Three persons that are one in essence. One God in three persons. And yet, from the cross, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, is saying, my God, addressing the Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So there's a rending somehow in the fabric of the Trinity that has forever been only united, only sharing uh, a, a unity that we can't even comprehend. But my sin, my sin, was doing violence, causing violence to come to the fabric of the nature of the relationships of the Trinity. I think Jesus was letting us in on something of the cost of my salvation. But even more than that, I think he was identifying with us. Because the, it's clear that nothing Jesus did was just because. Everything he did and everything he said was for our example. And I think that the Lord Jesus from the cross in the deepest, darkest point of his crucifixion wanted us to know when we go through times, when we feel forsaken by God, that he understands. I want to ask you to raise your hand because it might incriminate you. But I, I know that many of us here know what it's like to feel forsaken by God. We know better. 
I will never leave you or forsake you, God says. We know better, but we feel sometimes forsaken by God. Jesus on the cross, I think, wanted us to know. I understand. I understand. And so there, in his weakened, bloodied, beaten condition, he sang, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now Jesus was the Son of God, so he surely knows, knows the Word of God, right? But he was also demonstrating a knowledge of a song that David had written. How many of you have favorite songs? Just me? Some of you, okay. And I have, I don't know about you, but I have favorite songs for different things. When I'm feeling, you know, a little bit low, I have some songs that sort of commiserate with my, like the blues, you know? When I need to kind of get, you know, energized, if I'm go out and exercise and something like that, I have other songs that I, I like to turn to then. There are songs I like to turn to when I want to lift my heart and worship and pray. So I, I have different playlists. And Jesus was turning to one of the songs in his playlist from the cross. And I think, as I've said, it was for us. For our example, for us to know that he understood. And I also think he was pointing us to, the, to this psalm for those times when we feel forsaken by God. So let's do that. Let's turn to Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And remember, this is a prophetic psalm. So David is projecting himself into the, by the, by the Spirit of God. He's being, he's being projected into the future and speaking on behalf of the Messiah who would come. But, as, as, as absolutely true as that is, it's also completely appropriate for you and me to put ourselves into these words too. You hear me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I'm not silent. Ever feel like you're crying out to God and, the, and your cries just keep kind of clink, bouncing off the ceiling? Somehow they're not making it through and you're just wondering, what the heck? Is that okay to say in church, what the heck? I don't know. Verse 3 but you are holy. <laughs> this is what we do sometimes. We kind of, and it's a good thing, right? It's to kind of rationalize things, start to think about what is true, even when we're feeling like God is not hearing us, that he's, the heavens are brass. We start to think about what's true, what we know about God. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. There have been people who, have, who you seem to have heard and have helped in times like this. That's good to remember, just like this morning when we went to pray for the sick. It was good to realize and remember there are some people right here in this room who have been healed by God. It helps our faith, right? And so he's, he's doing that. They, they do, uh, trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. And then 
there's a section here that's something like uh, a lot of us engage in in times like this. We start to describe why it would be that we're don't, we don't qualify for God hearing us. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of man and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shout out, uh, shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. All the reasons why, well, I guess I don't count. Then there's this section of, you know, remembering. Well, but wait a minute, God, you... You're the one who took me out of, my, out of my mother's womb. You made me trust well on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb you've been my God. Be not far from me for trouble's near for there is none to help. And then there's a long section where he just describes the, you know, the, in poetic terms with, with these lyrics the hard place that he's in. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a pot shirt. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. This is, this is a dirge, dear ones. But I've sung a few of those. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing they cast lots. Before I read the next section, go back to verse 2. The verse, first part of verse 2. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear <laughs> You do not hear. Remember that. You do not hear. Okay, now back to verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. Right there is the end of the dirge. And now... The song is going to pivot. You have answered me. That word answered is the same word that we read a moment ago from verse 2. Here, you have heard me. You have heard me. Now listen. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all you offspring of Israel. He has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard, my voice shall be of you in the great, my praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever and on and on. Something dramatically changes right there at the end of verse 21, doesn't it? What changes? You have heard me. You have heard me. Now this is an interesting word. And I'm going to take a minute to try to explain it. There are more than one word in, in Hebrew for 
hear, to hear, or heard. This one has to do with hearing responsively. Now, that there's a way to hear intellectually where I, I heard what you said. I could repeat it back to you now. I know what you said. Okay? And that's... And that, we actually find that in verse 24, but when he, at the end of verse 24, but when he cried to me, he heard. That one is, I, 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 I know you heard what I said. But the one that we see, the word we see in verse 2, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And the one that changes the whole complexion of this song, at the end of verse 21, you have heard me you have answered me that one that word is hearing responsively in other words it's it's not just i've i've, I've heard intellectually not that i understand not only that i understand but i'm responding I, I've, I've heard and i'm responding you have heard me let's talk for a few minutes just about when you feel forsaken, what we can see from this passage, because many of us, if you haven't already, been in a point where you have felt forsaken by God, I can, I'm sorry to say, I can pretty much guarantee that you will at some point in your life. And when you do, I want you to remember Jesus on the cross singing. I don't think you could get more dark and deep deeply into despair and or the potential for despair that Jesus was facing as he hung on the cross and there he was singing Psalm 22. So when you find yourself for feeling forsaken by God, it probably would be a good place to turn. Because there we find that we can remember Jesus understands and sometimes that that's enough. And, you know, Jesus has been here too. Right? Have you ever found yourself going through something really tough and encountering another person in your life who's been there? My, my daughter-in-law, Dia, last weekend we were with my son and daughter-in-law as they were renewing their, their wedding vows and she was talking because they have just been through a pretty uh, you know, serious blow to their lives where they lost a, a baby that she had carried for four and a half months in a stillbirth. And she was telling us how, you know, since that has happened, it's like people come out of the woodworks, like everybody I know has been through something like this, it seems like. And she was talking about how, what comfort that, that brings, because you feel so isolated and alone in some of those times. But to know that Jesus stared this down too, oh, that, 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 that's just so healing to your soul when you feel forsaken, because you're not. Another thing that we see here is that we can bring our wet prayers. So I, that's not my phrase. I heard it. I can't remember where, but I love it. I can bring my wet prayers to the Father. Not the dry ones, you know, but the ones where there's snot and tears and all that. I can bring those prayers to the Lord. And I need to. I need to unburden my soul in the times when I feel forsaken in His presence. That's where that frustration, that's where that heartache, that's where that, you know, all that needs to come. That's what, how this psalm begins. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Third thing, 
listen for the music of his voice. Because when I was talking to you about that phrase or that word here in Hebrew, the one that's here responsively, it's the one that's, I, I've heard you and I'm responding. It literally means I'm singing. I'm singing. Let me see if I can explain that a little bit. This is a picture of me with my granddaughter, my youngest granddaughter. This was last weekend. And she was on the floor, and she's not, she's a very happy child, you know. Um, my, my middle daughter has, has two of the happiest kids on the planet, and it really ticks me off a little bit, you know, because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know how she lucked out on that. But anyway, so it's very rare that she's fussy, Finley Grace here. But she, she was on the floor, and she began to fuss. And I, I instinctively picked her up and put her on my lap, and you can see I'm, I'm singing into her ear. I mean, I didn't think about it. I just picked her up, and I said, it's going to be, I, I mean, I don't know what the melody was, but it's going to be okay. I'm here, you know, all of that. I, I, it was, I, I couldn't help myself. And that's what this word is. You... God, you, I've been crying out to you in the daytime and at night and you haven't heard. And then we reach verse 21. Oh, you have heard. And that word means you're singing. You have heard. You're responding to my cries and you're singing like a father to a, a child. It's gonna be okay. I'm here I'm going to tell you a story and then we're going to quit. Actually, I tell you, if, if you wouldn't mind, let me, <laughs> let me say, let me interject something before you tell the story. Is that okay? All right. Because what we, what we really need in those times when we feel forsaken by God is we, we really, that's all we, re, all we need is, for, is to know that we're, we're in his arms. He has heard and he's responding. That's all we need. What sometimes we insist on is that the circumstances change. And they may not. In this psalm, there is no indication that all of this long list of stuff that David describes as being, you know, the conditions or the circumstances that have caused him to feel forsaken by God, there is no indication after verse 21 that any of that changes. And yet there's this, you know, these 10 verses of exalting the Lord. And, because all we really need in those times is just to know we're, we're in the Lord's arms. And, but if we insist on the circumstances being changed in order to prove that, you might get disappointed because the Lord, he doesn't, though he doesn't order these difficult and challenging circumstances, he's not the cause of them. He does use them. In, in Hebrews chapter 5, let me, let me read you this. In Hebrews chapter 5, it describes the scene on the cross we read from, from Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. It's, this, it's a, a different um, way of looking at it. But verse 7, it says, Who in the days of his flesh, he's talking about Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, 
and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who, who obey him. It says there that Jesus on the cross, when he was crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was heard. He was heard. But he went on and died. But it says there was a purpose. How many of you want, are kind of glad Jesus died? There was a purpose that God was working behind all of this, those circumstances that ends up being salvation to us. And though we, in those times when we feel in a dark place and forsaken by God and we want everything for the circumstances to change, dear one, it's enough to know you're in his arms, you've been heard, it's enough. Because God is working something in you and in your life that will produce Fruit, salvation, not only in your life, but to others. And you don't want to choke that off. All right, now I'll tell you the story. So I, uh, Sue and I, golly, let's see, it was 90, 92, 93, back in the good old days. Um, Sue and I, we went to uh, take a, we, we were asked by our denomination to take a pastorate in the Central Valley in a city called Visalia. Now a lot of you know our story so you've probably heard that, that word or that, that, that uh, city name Visalia before but likely if you hadn't heard our story you wouldn't know where Visalia was. It's halfway between Fresno and Bakersfield and it's a little farming town out there uh, that uh, you know doesn't have much to uh, uh, there's not much to say about it except that, you know. But we were asked to go there because there was a, a, a church plant uh, that was about four years old and the pastor had had an affair and wiped out and the, the church was a mess and they wanted somebody with uh, experience to go in there and see, you know, what could be salvaged and, uh, you know, so on. So we, we, we did it. And uh, it was really, really hard, <laughs> really hard for a lot of reasons that I wish I had time to tell you because it would make what I'm going to, the story I'm going to tell you, I think, um, make more sense because right now it just kind of sounds like I was sort of whining, but it was really, it was really tough. And I was feeling after a while because people were, they didn't, they didn't trust leadership, they were they were angry, there was financial problems, there was all kinds of stuff that I, I was dealing with. I was feeling forsaken by God. I, I was doing a thing where God, I look, I didn't do this, I didn't cause this, I didn't sign up for this. This is not my fault, but all the arrows are pointed at me. God, where are you? Why aren't you turning things around here? Why is this, I'm the, I'm the good guy here. And, and I was, uh, so that's kind of the state of mind that I was in. And every fall, I, f up until that point, I had gone to a, a pastor's conference in Southern California, a big one, where people came from all over the world. Ministers, pastors came from all over the world. 
And uh, this year I wasn't going to be able to go because we couldn't afford it. And that was adding to the pile of things I was sort of ticked off about with God. But then at the last minute, uh, somebody paid my way to this conference. So I remember, I mean, when I say last minute, I mean last minute. I got in my car about 2 o'clock in the morning to drive to L.A. for the thing to start the next day, next morning. And uh, so, you know, I really didn't even want to go now because I was feeling so bad and I was feeling, you know, not much like a Christian, <laughs> let alone a pastor, right? So <clears throat> I got there to Van Nuys and I went into the, you know, it's a big big church. I went into the auditorium there. There's going to be about 3,000 uh, pastors from around the world. And I found the chair farthest away from everybody and everything. You know, the one in the far corner. So I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. I, you know, I, that's where I was at. So I get there and I'm parked in that seat in the corner, head down, just kind of, you know, miserable. <laughs> and there was a, a guy, one of the speakers uh, that was slated for the week. I actually don't remember, you know, where this came in terms of the, the it was a three-day conference, and I don't remember whether it was the first day, the, middle, the second day, or the third day. I don't remember that. But somewhere in there, a guy named uh, Glenn Cole uh, from Sacramento, pastor, longtime pastor from Sacramento, that I'd never heard of before and never heard him speak before, was uh, on the platform. And, you know, it's a pretty good bet that when you preach to pastors, you know, you, you're going uh, to have a group of guys that kind of need to be cheered up. And so that's what he was doing. He was preaching a pump them up kind of, kind of a message, you know. And um, so he gets to this point where he, he was talking about something he had gone through personally and feeling like, you know, he was in Sacramento in his church even though it was a big church and he was you know uh, quote quote successful as a minister he was feeling not 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 quite so and he felt like the Lord ministered to him about how he regardless of what he felt like he was a man of God assigned to that city he was a man of God so then he began to say thing he began to say this he said is there a man of God in New York City and, 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 and by this point, you know, the guys are starting to get worked up, you know. Yeah, I'm a man of God. I'm not done for, you know. And so hands would go up. Is there a man of God in New York? And, you know, hands would go up. Is there a man of God in San Francisco? And hands would go up. Is there a man of God in Chicago? And hands would go up. And he starts naming off all of these major cities. And then he goes, is there a man of God in Visalia? I'm, I'm not kidding. And I'm, I'm back there in the corner and I'm going, what? And I'm not going to raise my hand. That's for sure. <laughs> and of course, there's no other hands that go up. But can I just tell you, I had one of those Psalm 22, verse 21 moments where I knew God was hearing me and responding to me and it was like music to my soul. It was like 
the Lord grabbing me up in his arms and singing to me, you are my chosen. You're mine. It's going to be okay. Oh, man. I, I didn't, I, nothing changed. I went home, nothing changed. It was all still the same old mess. But I was different inside. That's all I needed. Today, if you feel forsaken by God, don't, don't insist on the circumstances being changed. Listen for the music of his voice. That's what you need. If you're not in that situation today, I'm hoping you'll remember this little message when that does happen. And more importantly, that you'll remember our Savior singing from the cross, reminding us of Psalm 22.